Welcome to this week's podcast. I'm Mickey Badlamenti, discipleship pastor here at Rock Point Community Church. Our goal in the messages we share is to consistently present God's truth in ways that will challenge you, bring you new perspective, and ultimately lead you into closer relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message encourages you in your faith. We also welcome you to visit us anytime you're in the Detroit area. Our Sunday services are at 9 and 11 a.m. and include a full range of children's programs, as well as a ministry specifically for children with special needs. Find us on Facebook or visit our website at rockpoint.org for more information. It is um, great seeing new faces. It's also been great seeing some faces that I haven't seen for about a year and a half or so. And uh, every week we're seeing people come back. Yeah, that's a great one to respond to. That's okay. Um, every week we're seeing people that are uh, coming back and re-engaging. Uh, we also know many of you are still engaged in the live stream, um, but it's great having people gather together. Uh, Kristen and Michael are uh, friends from a ways back. They've been here before. Some of you are familiar with them from uh, leading worship before. Kristen is a recording artist and a worship leader um, out of Nashville. Uh, we have a long history through some mutual friends, uh, Steve Fry and a few others that some of you would know. Um, and when we realized this was going to be Father's Day, uh, we wanted to not only have her lead worship, but also to share her testimony, which is uh, a bit unique and I think relevant uh, to the time that we are at here. We've actually used several of her songs that she's graciously allowed us to use in services in the past because we found that relevant. And so um, this morning on this Father's Day, would you please very warmly welcome Kristen Ball. Good morning to everyone. I want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are in the house. If you're here and you're a dad or a spiritual father, I want to honor you today. I celebrate you. Happy Father's Day. If you're here today and this is a hard day for you, I want you to know that the Lord sees your pain. Lord is right there with you in the middle of any rejection that you feel. Maybe you're going through a hard time with your dad. Maybe today is a sore spot for you. I want you to know that the Lord sees you and that he loves you. But no matter if you've had an amazing earthly father or a terrible earthly father, I want each of us to encounter the great love of our heavenly father today. Either way. Today I'm going to be sharing about my story of reconciliation with my earthly father. But I felt it on my heart today, this week actually, to talk about God's love today with you all. And so I'm going to be sharing my testimony, but I'm, I'm also going to be talking about the great love of the father. I'm going to be talking about God's love. I don't want anyone here today to leave without receiving a fresh revelation of God's love for them. Today, I want us to look at this scripture, 1 John 3. It says, look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us. He has called us and made us his very own beloved children. Then Romans 15 to 16, the New King James Version says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. 
The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now, I want to read this same scripture again, but from the Passion Translation. So I'm the kind of person that it takes me at least twice (laughs) to get something. Sometimes it just takes me a little longer. So you guys can forgive me. I'm going to be reading some of these things a couple times today. But this is from the Passion Translation, that very same scripture. It says, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. So in my own life, the Holy Spirit has made God's fatherhood real to me. And I want each and every one of you, I want the Holy Spirit to make God's fatherhood real to you today. Will you all pray with me? God, I thank you for each and every person that is here today. I don't believe that anyone is here by accident today. Lord, I pray that you would just take a light deep into our hearts. Would you show us any place that's broken, any place that needs your healing, Lord Jesus? I pray that you would show us, and then I pray that you would wash over us with your love today. I pray that each and every person here, I pray for the Holy Spirit to make God's fatherhood real to them. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, in my own life, I had no choice but to look to God as my father. God worked through the enemy's schemes for evil for my life, and he used the rejection and the abandonment that I had from my own earthly father, and he used it for good because it forced me to have to cling to God as my father. It forced me to look to God as my father because I didn't have an earthly father. And so today, I want to get into my testimony with you all, and I want to warn you, some of the parts of my testimony are a little bit heavy, so brace yourselves, but I want to tell you, spoiler alert, (laughs) is that there's victory on the other side. The story does not have an unhappy ending, so if you all will deal with me with some of these dark places, I promise you that there's going to be light that shines through the whole story. So here we go. So my testimony with my dad. So to say that I had a complicated relationship with my dad is an understatement. Even before I was born, my earthly father made it hard on me. (laughs) Before I was born, my dad made an appointment at the abortion clinic to have me terminated, right when he found out that my mom got pregnant. Now thank goodness for my mom. She's the reason that I'm alive. And she said, I'm gonna have this baby. She stood up to my dad and she said, we're not going to that appointment. We're going to have this child. And so it's because of her that I'm alive today. I actually, on every Father's Day, I always tell my mom happy Father's Day because she was a single parent and she had to be a mother and a father to me. So I lived after, even after my dad made an appointment at the abortion clinic. But At times, I've wondered in my life, I don't know if anyone can relate to this, you don't have to raise your hand, but because I had kind of that spirit of death over me from the beginning, I've wondered in my own life, 
so I was an accident. So what, am I supposed to be here? Is it God's will that I'm even supposed to be alive? I would ask myself these questions. And one thing that I've learned is that for many of life's questions, we can find answers in scripture. And so I found an answer to that question in my life and have had to remind myself of this beautiful passage in Psalm 139. If any of you struggle with identity or just knowing who you are, any doubts in any of these areas, I want you to read Psalm 139 over and over again because it talks about how God has a plan for your life. I'm going to read verses 13 and then 15 to 16. It says, You formed my innermost being shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside and wove them all together in my mother's womb. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. Carefully, skillfully, you shaped me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. And so I've learned that even though I was an accident, I was not a mistake. Some of you here may have wondered that in your own lives too. Maybe you were an accident as well, but I want you to know that you're not a mistake. The Lord has a great plan for your life. The Lord intended for you to be here. Every day was recorded in his book, even before you were born. And so getting back to my story, even though I did live, my dad didn't make it easy on me, even at a very young age. When I was only a couple of years old, he sexually abused me. And I dealt with such abandonment and rejection from him because I didn't see him after I was three. And then he stopped calling altogether when I was eight years old. And my dad was always just this big mystery in my life. Um, I always wondered, is he in jail? Is he dead? I didn't know because I just stopped hearing from him. And um, it actually worked out, though, because obviously in this situation, it wouldn't have been safe for me to be around my dad. And so in my own life... All of the abandonment, all of the rejection that I dealt with, I've dealt with anxiety, depression, self-image issues, chasing the wrong kind of guys before I met my amazing husband, Michael. But all of those issues, all of those negative issues, every single one, I could trace them back to my father not being in my life and the abuse. But I tell you what, my friends, every victory in my life, I can trace back to my heavenly father. And so I was forced to cling to God as my father because my own dad wasn't there because there was a whole negative connotation with my earthly father. It made me run into the arms of my heavenly father even faster and even deeper. In college, the Lord began to reveal himself to me as father. It was such a special time in my life. Oh my goodness. I had always, I, I asked Jesus into my heart when I was four years old, but it wasn't until college that I began to get this revelation of the spirit of adoption, the revelation that I was God's child, the revelation that God is my father. And that revelation changed everything. I remember I would go, I went to a Christian college and in college I would just stand in these chapel services and I felt the Lord's presence and I felt his love wash over me and I would just cry 
And I didn't know exactly what the Lord was doing at that time, but I look back on those times and I know now that he was lavishing his love on me. He was showing me who I was and whose I was. And I learned in college also, I had an amazing Hebrew professor. Now, I took three or four semesters of Hebrew in college, and I wish I could impress you all today by quoting a bunch of Hebrew, but I can't. (laughs) But that's all right. But one thing that I do remember from those amazing Hebrew classes is that my Hebrew taught us, my Hebrew teacher taught us that God is not only our father, but he is our Abba. Now, Abba means daddy. And she showed me, she showed our whole class, that when Jesus referred to God as Abba, it was actually offensive. It was too intimate. It was such a close, over-the-line term that it actually offended the Jewish people at that time. But Jesus wanted to show us, you know, every word that he said, everything he did had a deeper meaning. We know that. And Jesus wanted to show us that God didn't want to just be some far off God. He wanted to walk with us and be close to us. He wants to dwell with us and hold us in his arms, just like a good father wants to hold his child in his arms. Jesus wanted to show us that God wants to be with us. And so you can see, my friends, there there was a beautiful byproduct happening of the rejection and abuse is I was clinging to God the Father even tighter. I was already beginning in college to have a taste of victory with knowing who I was and whose I was. The story of the woman with the issue of blood that's talked about in the Bible, she received healing as she touched the hem of Jesus's garment. And in my own life, I began to experience healing as I clung to the Father even tighter. I want to read Romans 8, 15 to 16 again. You know, I need it a few times. (laughs) It says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. There's that word, Abba, Daddy. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So this spirit of adoption, this knowing who we are, whose we are, knowing that God is our father once we come into a relationship with Jesus, this spirit of adoption changes everything. It changes how we see ourselves. It changes how we see other people. It changes everything. You know, the love of God is my favorite thing to talk about. It's my favorite thing to sing about because it changes everything. I want to read from Ephesians 1, 4 to 6. It says, and in love, he chose us before he lay the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one. So that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace for the same love. I can't believe that this part's in the Bible. It just blows my mind. For the same love he has for the beloved Jesus, he has for us. I want to read that again because it's just really amazing. The same love he has for the beloved Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. 
It's amazing. God loves us as much as he loves Jesus. We know that Jesus was, I don't even want to use this word, but Jesus was God's prized possession. He was his beloved son in whom he was well pleased. And so to know that God the Father loves me with the same love that he loves Jesus, that's just amazing. That'll change your life right there. <laughs> and so I can go home now. Um, <laughs> but my story could have ended there with this revelation that I had of God the Father. That could have been enough. That could have been more than enough, actually. This revelation that God is my Father, that he loves me, that he wants to be a father to me, that he has a plan for my life, that would have been enough. But there was more. Ecclesiastes 3 talks about how the Lord makes everything beautiful in its time. The Bible also talks about how the Lord wants to do more than we can even dream of. And in my own life, I'm going to tell you how God just really showed off in my situation and made everything beautiful in its time. All right, so fast forward to 2014. So my Aunt Velvet, isn't that an amazing name, Velvet? <laughs> she contacted me. That's my dad's sister. Um, she contacted me before Thanksgiving 2014, and she told me that my dad was dying of stage 4 cancer and that he wanted to see me before he died. Now, remember, I hadn't heard from my dad since I was 8 years old. And so this was, I didn't even know if, I didn't know what in the world, but she said that it was his dying wish to see me before he died. And this was amazing timing, my friends, because I had always said in my life, I had said if God was going to bring my dad back into my life, it would have to be on his terms, on, my, on God the Father's terms, and that the Lord would have to ordain it. I wasn't going to go out looking for my dad. And it was also amazing timing of the Lord because Michael and I had just gotten married that past May. Obviously, in this situation, it would not have been safe for me to go see my dad by myself. But the Lord, in his amazing timing, had brought Michael into my life, and he was able to go with me so I wouldn't be alone. So, even though God had set this up wonderfully, I had every reason to not see my dad. So if we look at things through earthly lenses, there was no reason that I should go see my dad. But God calls us. He calls us to forgive and to love. And if there was any chance that Michael and I could bring my dad to Jesus before he died, we knew that we had to go. So Michael and I went to see my dad. We went to see him four different times. The first visit, my dad said right away, he said, well, before I die, I want to get right with you and right with God. And so I told him, I said, you are reconciled to me. I said, the past is in the past. I forgive you. And I have to say that Jesus enabled my forgiveness. You know, earthly Christian would have said, you deserve this. You deserve to die of cancer. You deserve a horrible death. But through the strength of the Lord, I knew that God had called me to forgive my dad. And it was so funny. The, the Lord gave me a supernatural strength during that time. I certainly was not perfect and made lots of mistakes. But the Lord gave me a supernatural strength to endure this life-shattering situation. 
And I would love to say that during these visits that preceded or that came after this, I would love to say that my dad, it, it just like ended on such a happy term. But what I found out was that my aunt had actually put my dad up to seeing me. It was more my aunt's idea. And my dad didn't make any effort. Um, he wasn't very interested in seeing us those other times. In fact, the third time we went to see my dad, it was on Christmas Eve. And my dad actually told the nurse to tell us not to come. And so my adult heart broke all over again. And, and that pain was just as bad as the pain I had felt as a child when, the, when my dad broke my heart as a child. To, re, to experience that rejection all over again was just so hard. And so, through earthly lenses, my dad deserved what he was getting. Through earthly lenses. My dad deserved to die from, from a horrible disease because of what he had done. It's a well-known fact, actually, that criminals target child molesters in prison and beat them up. But we have to take the earthly lenses off. We have to th see things through heavenly lenses. Jesus was saying... There was room at his table, even for someone like my dad. I was thinking earlier this week, I was driving in my car, and I just got emotional thinking about how when Jesus was on the cross, you know, he really didn't say a lot of things, but one of the things that he said was, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And so if anyone could call down curses on people, it, it would have been Jesus. You know, he was perfect. They were killing him for no reason. And if anyone could have called down curses, it would have been Jesus. For the people to get what they deserve would have been for a curse to be called down on them. But in the kingdom of God, it's never about getting what we deserve. It's about experiencing the great love of God that comes through Jesus. It's about everyone having the opportunity to experience the love of God through Jesus' sacrifice. So there was room at the table, even for someone like my dad, in the kingdom of God. Heavenly lenses. Or change your life to look through heavenly lenses. Take off the earthly lenses. So, at our last visit, this is visit four of four, <laughs> Michael brought up salvation to my dad. Michael reminded my dad that he has said before he died, he wanted to get right with me, but also get right with God. And I said to my dad, I said, on the other side of eternity, I want to be able to get to know you. We haven't had much time here in this world. We haven't been able to spend much time together. So I want to make sure that you go to heaven so that I'll get to be able to spend time with you so that we'll be able to have a family reunion in heaven. And I tell you what, that day, my dad was in and out of being coherent because of the cancer, because of all the medication that he was on. But the clearest thing that he said all day was, I want to be there with you all. So my dad held out his hand to pray. And Michael and I prayed with him for him to receive Jesus. Like I said, the Lord makes everything beautiful in its time. The Lord just went way above anything I could have ever dreamed with my dad. And this moment was so special because in this moment, my, my heavenly father 
became my earthly father's father. And my father became my brother. He became my brother in Christ. And the Lord swung open the door, wide open to him, and accepted him. He said, your past, that's in the past. Accept me and run to me. This is such a cool part of this story, too. My dad also let me baptize him there in the hospital. Just such an amazing moment. My dad was the thief on the cross. He was someone who had not done anything to deserve salvation. But it's not about getting what you deserve. Jesus was able to look at him with kindness and say, today you will be with me in paradise. It's not about getting what you deserve. Thank God we serve a God of love. So my dad died three days later. And right when my Aunt Velvet called me to tell me that he had passed away, I had such a peace that my dad was in heaven. I can't even explain it. I just knew. And so what was a terrible beginning with my earthly father became a beautiful ending that God in his goodness, that God, my heavenly father, wove together. Now, God does not cause bad things to happen to us. But God will use the enemy's schemes against us to turn everything for good. My mom has said this amazing thing in her life. She said that life is like a stained glass window. Now, as you look close up, you see broken shards of glass. You see all these black roads. You see all these mismatched pieces together. But as you zoom out, you see the beautiful picture that the Lord has woven together through good and bad times. And so I want to zoom back in for a second to each of our stained glass windows, to each of our stories that the Lord is writing in our lives. And I want to say to each of your broken places, to each of your black roads, to each of your dark places, I want you to know today that the Lord sees your pain. He's not left you alone. He sees you and he loves you. And he is with you in the darkness. Psalm 139 talks about if we descend into darkness, there the Lord is with us. He's not abandoned you. And he is still working, even behind the scenes. I want to say today that the Lord empathizes with your pain. If you've experienced rejection in your life, the Lord understands. Jesus himself understands. Matthew 27, 46, when he was on the cross, Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so Jesus himself even experienced a moment of rejection from his father as he was carrying the weight of all of our sin. The father had to turn his face away, even for just but a moment. And so Jesus also experienced rejection from his father, even in just that moment. And of course, we know that Jesus experienced all kinds of rejection from people. And so know today, friends, that the Lord empathizes with your pain. He understands rejection probably better than any of us. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. But my friends, today the Lord doesn't want to just say, I've been there. 
He wants to show you how to have victory. He wants to show you how to overcome. He wants you to experience the great love of the Father, just like I did in college for the first time. He wants the love of God to come into your heart today and have a fresh revelation of who he is. And so I ask you today, friends, do you want to be made well? I want to say today that there is healing that is available from the love of God. Now, sometimes healing is a progress, a progression. I know in my life with the depression and anxiety that I've struggled with, the Lord has chosen to progressively heal me. It was not all at one time. The Lord can heal all at one time, and he does heal all at one time. But God is just too creative to just heal in one way. The Lord has many different ways that he heals. The Lord wants you to have victory. The Lord is good, and he has good plans for you. But he doesn't want to just say, come into my family. He wants to say, you get to reign. You get to be co-heirs with Christ. I want to read Romans 8 one last time today, but we're also going to read Romans 8, 17 today. It says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that way we may also be glorified together. So our story does not end with just adoption or, or just the Lord saying, I've been there, I see your pain. Your story, the Lord wants to write a victory story in each of your lives. He wants to show you that you can overcome. You can't overcome by yourself. You certainly can't do that, but you can overcome by the blood of the lamb of Jesus. And the Lord has made a way. You know, when the Lord died for our sins, he didn't just die for our sins, but he died for our healing as well. And I think it's not an accident that you all have been talking about emotional healing at this church. I want to say today that the Lord, there is power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the Father love of God to heal emotional wounds. I'm a living testament of that. And so I want us to just lean in today. I want to read two more scriptures. Psalm 2710 says, My father and mother abandoned me. I'm like an orphan, but you took me in and made me yours. And then Psalm 68, 5 to 6 says, To the fatherless, he is a father. To the widow, he is a champion friend. To the lonely, he makes them part of a family. To the prisoners, he leads into prosperity until they sing for joy. This is our God in his holy place. I want to pray with you guys. Father, I pray that each and every person here would encounter a fresh love from you today, Lord. Maybe they've known you for a long time and they just need a fresh touch of your love today. Lord, maybe there's people here today who have never met Jesus. Maybe there's people here today who've never made that commitment to Jesus. I ask today, Lord, that you would just open hearts, that you would open eyes all across this auditorium today, that everyone under the sound of my voice would say, yes, Lord, I want to experience your love that changes everything. I want to encounter the great love of the Father. And the Lord is faithful to give us that great love of the Father.
So today as I wrap up this message, I want to sing one of my songs for you. You can just stay seated and just receive while I sing this today. This is my song called Family. And it came out of a time of having struggle with my family and realizing that the Lord is my family. God is my father. And he is the one who looks out for me and loves me as his own. And so today, as we sing this song over you today, just receive. And I pray that you will have a fresh encounter of the spirit of adoption, knowing who you are and whose you are. Thank you for remembering me when I was forgotten. You still come on to me when I was cast aside, oh Lord. You are my family. You're not ashamed of me. You're proud to call me daughter. You paid the price for me so I could call you father, oh Lord. You are my family. Never had a father like you, never had a brother like you. You call me your own Lord. Never had a father like you, never had a brother like you. You call me your own Lord. Thank you for visiting me when I was in prison. It's back, oh Lord. You are my family. You're singing over me. You're proud of who I am. How you delighted me on the work of your hands, oh Lord. You are my family. Never had a father like you. Never had.
Cause you're a good, good father It's true you are It's true you are It's true you are And I'm loved by you It's true I am It's true I am It's true I am Would you stand and sing? It's true you are It's true you are It's true you are And I'm loved by you It's true I am It's true I am It's true I am Lord you are perfect in all of your ways You are perfect in all of your ways You are perfect in all of your ways to us. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all. love so undeniable I can hardly speak peace so unexplainable I can hardly think oh it's love so undeniable I you call me he's calling us deeper still as you call me deeper still into love 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 as you call me as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still oh you're calling us into love you're calling us to know you. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Can we sing that chorus just one more time today? I want us to sing that chorus with a new confidence today, knowing who we are and whose we are, knowing that our God is good. He's a good father and his plans for us are good. You're a good father. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. 
you're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. I really appreciate that Chris and Michael took time on their Father's Day to come up from that dark land of Nashville to join us. Have you appreciated them today? Next week, another mutual friend of ours, uh, Ryan Hall, will be here and leading in worship and also teaching on the subject of worship. Now, with the balls this week and Ryan Hall next week, we're trying to find somebody named Tall to come in the third week or call, but we haven't worked that out yet. Um, This morning, before we leave, we have kind of a bittersweet moment. We have three families that are members of this congregation that are uh, moving and uh, will not be fellowshipping with us. And we want to acknowledge them before they leave. The McGinn's came to us from California and have received a promotion and are returning to California. And all of us know the scripture that California giveth and taketh away. Cursed be the name of California. We also have um, Drs. Jen and Dr. Indigo Brown who um, have been here for the last number of years and their children have been born here. And uh, they're going to be returning to Jen's home state uh, of Wisconsin, another dark and benighted land. Um, And then Haley and Colin Curry, whose children also have been born here and stepped in at a very critical time in our youth program and served. Um, These three families... So I'm expecting a whole bunch of y'all to step up really big time in this next season. I'm going to ask if they would come and stand across the front here, and I'm going to ask also one other person. Sean Edgehill was literally born and raised in this church. If y'all would come, go ahead. And Sean, wherever you're at, if you'll swing on over here as well. Sean, um, his mother is one of our staff members, uh, our communications director, Laura. Sean has received an appointment to the Coast Guard Academy. Don't applaud that. It means he's going to be gone for like the next four years solid. And uh, that in the biblical term sucketh. Okay? (laughs) So these are people who even though they are moving, some people leave, some people go. Some people leave and they never go. And that's these. They'll always be a part of our fellowship. If there are those of you that are friends or you just want to come on up and uh, lay hands on them, feel free to do so at this time if you'll come forward. And we're going to close this time in prayer. And so just wrap them all up, okay? And those of you on live stream, we appreciate that you're there, but you're missing something by not being here. So, Father, first of all, 
um, we feel the loss of these loved ones. But they are still our brothers and sisters, and they will strengthen. They will strengthen and establish churches in California and uh, in Wisconsin, and with the Currys who will be across town that we'll still see occasionally. They're going to strengthen other churches in other places. But we thank you for the blessing that they have been here. And so right now we ask blessing upon them. We ask, Lord, that you would encourage and strengthen them and prosper them in their new endeavors. And particularly we'd lift up Sean to you right now, a young man who has served nobly and well in this place. And as he goes in to become an officer, that, Lord, you would protect him, watch over him, strengthen him, mold him into the leader that you would have him to be as a man of God. We pray, Lord, that you'd raise up others, as is your tendency, to fill these spots and to continue to um, see your will and your work done here. But today, both in uh, a sense of loss, but also in a sense of release and joy, we ask your blessing upon these friends, and we release them before you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Now, one final announcement, and that's this, that beginning next week, we're starting to roll back and change other things. Starting next week, our prayer that we have post-service for anyone that wants prayer will be back here in the sanctuary beginning next week. Okay? God bless you. We'll see you here with Ryan Hall next week and possibly Pastor Tall the following if we can find them.